Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. So we're in 1 Thessalonians, and uh, last week I preached on chapter 1, and I just want, wild guess, guess what I'm going to preach on this week? Chapter 2. You have the gift of prophecy. Isn't that awesome? Uh, the, uh, yeah, this week we're looking at chapter uh, 2. Uh, now, we were looking at the overview of the book. I talked about how it's one of the oldest books in, in the New Testament. Short book, 79 verses. Has a companion, second letter uh, written by Paul. God, God used Paul to write this divinely inspired. Uh, and we looked at the core principle of this book. There are people who had questions about God and about how they should live their life and all sorts of things, uh, what, what heaven was going to be like. And uh, the Apostle Paul answering all these questions, he, he really drove them to this one reality, is that you can live uh, for God's love, for God's grace, or for God's forgiveness. Or when you come into a relationship with God, you can live from God's love from God's grace, and from God's forgiveness. And what does that bring? That brings confidence. That helps us to step in to hope. So, so last week we looked at uh, not only engaging with faith, but sharing our faith. Uh, for those of us who maybe don't have that gift of, of doing so, for some of you it was uh, a time, some of you stepped into faith with Jesus for the first time. And this week, we're going to look at that God has made us for something more. He's made us for, uh, to serve Him for ministry. And part of that is just finding our purpose in life. We know that in the workplace, but even outside of the workplace as well. Uh, I, I remember uh, as a kid, you know, you sort of try on those things. What am I good at? What I'm not good at? I played baseball, and uh, I was not a very good baseball player in Little League. Uh, I found out because I was moved from first to second to third base to shortstop to left field to right field to, hey, can you get some Gatorade for the team? Uh, so I realized that I was not going to have a baseball career. I became a wrestler instead and then took out my rage on the other kids for being so bad at baseball. Anyway, uh, then uh, my career, uh, really just my work life, I started out my very first job. Uh, I worked in an apartment complex and I moved rocks. Uh, my second job was I was a mobile home washer at a, at a mobile home dealership on South Tacoma Way. Then I got promoted to a busboy in a restaurant, and then I did the blue light specials at Kmart, and then I became your pastor. So that was sort of the, <laughs> the trajectory. Uh, there might have been a couple things in between. Um, part, of, part of what we're going to look at today is we're going to discover how we're wired, what we're good at, what we're not good at. Uh, I remember as a little kid, uh, you know, th thinking I could be a singer. Uh, if you've ever been near me in worship, you know that's not true. Uh, I literally, I'm not kidding. So <laughs> I, I, I was in this, it was very like little 
traditional church, and I was trying to sing, and they were singing hymns, and a sweet little old lady looked at me and went, shh. <laughs> and, uh, so I knew that probably wasn't my spiritual gift uh, at that point. But there's something that happens where who I am, who God created me to be, and, and the world around me and even the needs around, when those come into alignment, I start living with more joy and peace and, and purpose. Now, we're going to spend most of our time in First Thessalonians, but I, I want to go to uh, another book of the Bible, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 4 through 6, uh, just because it sets it up so well for us, even what we're talking about today. It says there's different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. But the point of that larger passage uh, is that God has wired you for something, but God has not wired you for everything. And, and when we can start to discover and live out that something, then it changes our life. Uh, here's the key idea. Our, our joy, our spiritual growth, and impact are all tied to discovering and deploying our lives to serve others. I learned this when I, I pastored in Santa Barbara, California uh, for a while. Uh, loved it there. Uh, it's, it has this thing that we have the whole sunshine. By the way, thank you for being at church. First sunny weekend in a long time. You are like the Marine Corps of Christianity. Uh, in the middle of summer, you know, we're going through a book, and you're here, and, you're, and I hope that God has a blessing for you uh, in that. So as I was there in Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara has a lot of folks which are uh, named trust fund babies. You know what I'm talking about? People who have inherited great wealth, and so they move to Santa Barbara. And so I've met a few of them along the way, and uh, you say, that would just be great. Honestly, for a lot of them, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, the rate of depression and even suicide and, and just lack of, lack of purpose, even though they, you know, you're living in Santa Barbara, so you know everything's great, and, and it should be great, but not, living, not knowing what to live for it. Sort of like you've heard of uh, lottery winners. Someone wins $10 million in the lottery, and then they're broke a few years later. Uh, I think if God gave me a shot, it would be a different scenario. But uh, the, uh, there's something that happens. It's not about what we have. Uh, I've met many people who uh, God has blessed with financial resources. But they're smart enough to know that, that God still has an assignment for me. That, uh, by, by the way, if, if you're retired here uh, today... Uh, that's awesome, but I, but I just got to let you know when it comes to serving God, retirement's not a biblical concept at all. That we always have a ministry, you may not get paid for it anymore. So uh, I want to be straight uh, up front, is that today I'm going to encourage uh, you to find a place of ministry. Now some of you are, many of you are already in ministry, are, the number of people who serve at Timberlake is actually... Uh, a lot higher percentage-wise than for churches our size. But it's not about that. It's not about, you know, oh, serve in the nursery or serve with the two-year-olds. They've gone wild. It's like Lord of the Flies in there. 
uh, which may or may not be true. You're in here, though. Isn't that great? The, uh, uh, it's really about us continuing to make a kingdom impact, continuing. You know, we're here in the middle of summer, and, and, uh, it, but it's great. We've actually had a lot of people this summer. But, but we're moving into a next season where if you will leverage your gift and, and, and God brings tons of new people, we've already seen that, that we can have an incredible impact together. And so I just want to let you know up front, uh, not pressure, this is not a pressure deal. Uh, what I want to do is inform, hopefully inspire you a little bit to live out uh, God's purpose. See, here's what happens. We often answer incorrectly the question, what will make me happy? Uh, I, I don't know if, you know, in your, in your more bored moments you've ever watched, uh, you know, like E! True Hollywood Story or TMZ or one of those uh, really spiritual programs uh, on television. But you hear, you know, the, uh, the story is a star and the life's the same. Yeah, I wanted to. No, I didn't know, uh, know uh, anyone or anything. And then I got discovered. And then I made it big and it was so wonderful. And then I met this guy or this girl. And, this, and then, well, then I got to be too full of myself. And then maybe drugs or alcohol. And then it all fell apart. And, and, and you read that. And, and now, not true of everyone, but often quite true. I think it's fundamentally answering incorrectly the question is what will give me joy. Is joy, is it all about me, or is it about something greater than that? Now, uh, what I want to do is look at how to get great and maximum results in your life and your ministry. And I think those two are connected. Even though I'm going to talk about ministry and sort of discovering that serving, and I know some of you believe, oh, how could God use someone like me? God can use anyone. I mean, you read the Bible and the crazy people that God used. Uh, God used uh, people who had a lot of problems. David was an adulterer. Moses was a murderer. Uh, Abraham was well past his prime. And uh, all these sort of unlikely people. But they were available to God. And my hope is that you will say, God, I just want to be available for, to you in this season. Well, uh, it starts out in chapter 2. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. And, and, and I love that because I'm a results kind of guy. I, I don't like endless activity for no reason. I want to know that where I'm investing my life, my energy, my financial resources, that it really matters and it's making a difference. Uh, one of the reasons we show you videos every weekend about what's going on is just so, so you know, you get a glimpse of what God is doing. Well, how do I position myself to do that? Now, the first part is not, you know, hey, you know, go sign up at the Connection Center. The first part is, number one, stay encouraged. If you're a follower of Christ, uh, and I know that sounds selfish, but it's really not. I, I want to... Uh, do a little illustration here and uh, show you. So I have right now uh, a Diet Mountain Dew. Many of you give me a hard time for drinking Diet Mountain Dew. Uh, I've, it's not healthy for you. It has too many preservatives. I hear that all the time. And I'm like, great, I'm going to live longer. Preservatives, isn't that a great thing? Uh, at least that's what I'm banking on. Uh, so, so I have this can of Mountain Dew, and then, you know, like, okay, just want to... Uh, crush the can. 
you get there. Uh, yeah. Oops. Squirt it out a little bit. And uh, then I have another can of Mountain Dew. Can't, can't. What's the difference between the cans? Okay, the, not a rhetorical question. I want to know. Uh, yeah. What's the difference between those two cans? One is full and one is empty. And, and, and I, I do that little illustration to, to say that when you're feeling empty, when you're feeling discouraged, when you're feeling spiritually malnourished, you can still serve, you can still do something, but honestly, it's not going to come from a place of strength, and you're going to be going through the motions, and you're going to be doing it maybe for God's love or for God's grace instead of from that sense. And so what I want to do, and, I, and, and we see this in the Scripture, is I want to encourage you to stay encouraged. The Apostle Paul says this. Uh, now, notice circumstances weren't great. He said, we previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi. Not all people were excited about the Jesus message. Imagine that. Yeah, as you know, but with the help of our God, we dare to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. And if you look at his life, it, he had strength for a reason, because he stayed encouraged. I mean, being here, like I said, you're the Marine Corps of Christianity, here in the middle of summer, sunny day in July. But when you worship, you stay encouraged. You're like, okay, God, do you have something for me? Uh, I, I, you know, when we uh, worship with song, uh, some of you, by the way, who show up late every weekend want to let you know we do have music here at Timberlake. Uh, those songs, they speak, and it's like, okay, God, I feel encouraged in my faith. What are you doing to stay encouraged? In fact, I, I will often go to Costco on Sundays uh, after church, and people go, aren't you tired? Well, I love to go to Costco, because for me, it's sort of, in fact, Costco in the Greek means the place where the Lord dwells. And so, uh, it doesn't really mean that at all. <laughs> it, it means this is going to cost you a lot. That's what it means. Uh, the, so, so, I'll go to Costco, and, and, and I'll shop, and invariably, uh, many weekends, there'll be someone who comes up to me and goes, oh, Pastor Ben, I'm sorry I wasn't at church today. And I'm like, hey, five campuses, four services here in Redmond. You didn't need to tell me. You didn't need to out yourself. You really didn't need to. You could have just said hi, or you could have just said, man, that sermon you gave, that was so impactful. I really enjoyed. You don't need to tell me it was 2016. <laughs> but it's not about us. It's about you being engaged in a way where you say, God, God, you have something for me. Is there, is there something that might be there for me? For, for me, it's being with safe friends. You know what safe, safe friends are important? They're unsafe people. When I'm with my uh, growth group, I know that keeps me uh, encouraged. It's not because I have extra time. I really don't. But I need that uh, encouragement. Uh, see, often, though, we know these things, Right? And we just get out of the habit. Uh, we do. And so, so it's sort of like uh, I was sick for a few weeks. And uh, when I was uh, sick, and then afterwards I didn't go to the gym because I couldn't go to the gym. And then after I got well, I figured why break the pattern. And uh, so, uh, 
But I know I feel better when I go to the gym. I know intellectually. I can tell, I could give you a magazine article on it. Did that make me go to the gym? No. I'm just praying about it, you know. And I know the right thing to do, but it's just taking a step. And honestly, I, I think for many of us, the, the intention gap is I know Man, I just need to do it. I just need to take that step. Uh, Number two is check your motives. Uh, By the way, notice I didn't say check someone else's motives. People love to do that, right? A lot of bloggers sitting home in their parents' basement saying, you know, hey, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm sure now there's going to be a new article. Anyway, (laughs) and it's about uh, checking someone's motives. You know, the Bible does not tell you to check someone else's motives. It never does. You are not the motive police for anyone else. There is a Holy Spirit that convicts of sin, not been outsourced recently. God still keeps that, uh, that that we're to do. And one of the things I love about our church, I think one of the reasons why God has worked through it is because people uh, understand that. But I've talked to other people. I mean, I was just uh, at a conference, and I had the opportunity to speak at a conference. I only, but by the way, it was in Florida, which sounds great, but in the middle of July. Yeah. So evidently, I don't get invited to the good conferences. Uh, the, uh, and, and I'm talking to people, and, and, and there were some conversations as they're describing their churches and, and like, you know, evaluating someone else's motives. And I said, you know what? Why don't you just say, God, what do you want me to do? The Apostle Paul says this, for the appeal we uh, make does not spring from error or impure motives. We are not trying to trick you. Uh, Because we know, I mean, even even in a a religious environment, things like that can happen. Uh, He says we're not trying to please people, uh, but God who tests our hearts. You know we never use flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. Uh, I know about bad motives because I can have them from time to time. I was even thinking about this in uh, my marriage when it comes to... Uh, now, now, some of you may have, like, you know, a great, wonderful 1950s marriage. Uh, but in ours, there's sort of the expectation that each of... You know, we share. We're in a partnership together. And uh, so, uh, when my wife comes home from work, she always sees me doing housework. Do you know why? Because it's the only time I do it when I hear the garage door come up. Uh, I, I, I decided to tell her, uh, and I figured this morning would be safe. And uh, so, so I, <laughs> I am, this is true. So, uh, uh, so, like, there'll be a big pile of dishes. She comes in every time, and she sees me doing dishes, and she falls more in love with me right in that moment. And, and the truth is, I want to be recognized. I want to get the husband points. Uh, And I know that I should just say, hey, you know what? Who am I when no one's looking? Am I willing to do those things? Number three, uh, get direction. Uh, We need to know the right direction uh, that we're going, sort of like the old Alice in Wonderland when she says to the Cheshire cat, which road should I take? And he goes, where are you going? She goes, I don't know. And he said, well, any road will do. 
So if we don't know where we're going, we don't know what direction. For the Apostle Paul, as he, he knew the direction God had called him in, his particular area of serving was talking to people about God. Uh, he says, on the contrary, we speak as those approved by God, entrusted with the gospel. He knew the direction that God had set him on. Uh, now, as I say that, I know there's different groups of us. There's some of us, hey, I'm already, you know, I, I'm serving. I have a place of ministry, maybe inside the church, outside the church. I'm serving, and uh, it's just a great fit. Some of you, it's not a great fit. And it's time for a new season, a new direction, and that's okay. We, we, uh, we want you to be in a place like that. For the others of you, it's like, oh, yeah, it's sort of like the gym thing. Yeah, I know, you know, someday. Well, how do you find your fit for this season? Uh, it, it, it's important uh, to, to know sort of how God has wired you. Uh, and then say, how can I leverage that uh, for the benefit of others? It's not just people who, you know, speak up on stage or uh, something like that. Maybe you're a great organizer. You love to organize things. And you say, hey, is there a ministry fit for that? There's some of you, if I said, hey, you know, would you organize this? You're like, oh, this is my spiritual gift. Others of you would rather be a speed bump on I-90 than do that. Uh, there, there are people who have the gift. You, you're just a super caring person. You love to go visit people uh, in hospitals and, and, and serve uh, people there. I got to tell you, I've done that because I'm a pastor. I will visit people in the hospital, but that's not my gift. I don't like hospitals. I get sort of, I go there and I get awkward and freaked out. Uh, and in fact, if you're sick and in the hospital and I come to visit, that's not good news. That really isn't. <laughs> if you were saying, I was sick in the hospital and you never visited me, that meant you're going to make it. <laughs> because there are people who are uniquely gifted instead of letting us not live out the expectation someone else has for you and then make time uh, because people, oh when I have time you'll never have time we always choose what is most important. In fact, we talk about that, that God says, put me first. And, and you know, that's true with your giving, but, but also with my time. And I say, no, I, I'm going uh, to make time. We make time for what is important. And, and then we also know that in some seasons, we'll have more or less time. My ministry will look different. Uh, there's many of you who went on, uh, or, and some of you even going on another mission trip to Mexico, a family mission trip. You say, it's hard for me to serve, we, but I'm going to, for a whole week, I'm going to just focus on doing something somewhere. And then start soon, because uh, we all have good intentions, right? And so I'm going to encourage you, if you're saying, yeah, I feel motivated, I want you to start soon, because the things that we don't start soon, we usually don't start at all. Uh, so, for example, uh, I've never, uh, any of you have a friend who's doing keto, or you're on keto? Oh, only, if, no, you don't have any friends, that's great. No, the, uh, uh, no, so keto is this whole idea, so I, I decided I'm going to, I'm going to eat keto. And do you know when I'm going to begin? Well, the bite of Seattle is today, so guess when I'm not beginning? Yeah, I'm going to start someday, maybe Monday, or and I know that that delay can be a distraction. Number four, choose humility. Humility is understanding that there's no task too great that God can't use me for or too small 
that God wouldn't use me for as well. The Apostle Paul, he had this incredible authority. He was a leader of the church, many churches, and uh, yet he chose that path of humility. He says, we're not looking for praise from uh, people, not from you or anyone else. Even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. One of the things I love about uh, people who serve, there, there are people who serve at Timberlake who are uh, unemployed, they're looking for a job, and, and they know they need a job, but they're still taking time to serve. There are people I know who literally have thousands of full-time employees downline from them. Tons of responsibility. But they're saying, priority is to serve God. And so, uh, for us, it's just saying, God, there's no task too small. There's no person who's unusable. When I, pa I only pastored in Kingman, Arizona for three and a half years, but I got like 30 years worth of stories out of it. And uh, is that Kingman's a little town uh, between Phoenix and Vegas where you go to the bathroom. That's where I pastored. And uh, very interesting uh, place. Uh, poor town. It was, uh, uh, someone told me it was known as the end of the longest skid row in America. And uh, yeah, it's a place. There's a lady in, in the church I pastored uh, she was from Vietnam, which, by the way, this was not a diverse town. She was probably the only person in the whole town who uh, was Vietnamese. Uh, she'd come, she was an English language learner, and uh, she had come to know Jesus, wanted to, to serve him, but had some barriers there. Uh, smart lady, even though she had those barriers. She had a teenage daughter that was rebellious, which is hard to believe, Right? And uh, her daughter uh, started ignoring her and sneaking out at night. She was very smart. Because, I'm not kidding. Underneath her daughter's window, she planted a whole bed of cactus. Isn't that, is that, that's just good parenting. That is, isn't it? Is, uh, I know some of you think that's horrible. I don't know. I disagree. But the, uh, so she, she said, I want to serve. And she said, I want, I want to clean the church. And I said, well, you don't have to. No, she goes, no, I, I like to do that. And she literally took it over a small building uh, in, in probably, well, not that small of a building, probably 8,000 square feet. And uh, so we had a cleaning service, and we uh, stopped paying the cleaning service, and so she cleaned, cleaned the church. She did an incredible job. And then it, it took me a few years after that. We would go on trips, and we would build houses for people one, one year, we went down to Mexico. We worked with the Taramahara Indians. They are, they are the poorest of the poor in Mexico. Like, if you take the average person who lives in Mexico, they are significantly uh, poorer. In fact, the, when, we, when we went down to build a house, it was snowing in Mexico, which is sort of weird. And the family who we were going to build the house for lived in a cardboard box, but the box couldn't, the snow was too heavy on the box. So they were there with their kids, living in this cardboard box, and we were going to build a house uh, for them, and we did. And, and I, I sort of drew it together because we, we didn't have a lot of money as a church. The only uh, reason we could afford it, I think it was like $10,000 or something like that, uh, to build that house. The only reason we could afford to do it is because Helen, a Vietnamese immigrant, 
did her ministry at our church, and so we had a, the money to build a house in a family that would never, had no chance of having a house, has a house, because she said, God, whatever, whatever I can do, I will do. That's an impact that is huge. And oftentimes, we don't get to see what God is going to do. We don't say, this cleaning the church means that these people, that these children, some of them, they might have died, that, that they're going to be okay. And so, don't discount what God would do through you. The person who, who says, you know what, man, I've given up on God, or not a God person, and you're helping them in some way or another. You know, as a church, uh, we have a lot of people who will help out in the office. For a church our size, we have a lot less administrative staff. That's, that's on purpose. Do you know why? Because that money can be put into mission and ministry, and it's because people are using their gifts. And, and so what I would encourage you to do is to find that place. Uh, so I, I'm going to have you do this. I'm going to have you, and this is not, I don't want you to feel pressure, but I am going to invite you to do something. So if everyone will uh, take out their uh, insert, join a team on most of our campuses, I think we have that. Uh, and if you say, hey, where do I get started? By the way, when you sign up, you're not making a lifetime commitment. You're just saying, I want some more information. What would it be like? Uh, we have on-ramp the first weekend of the month. If you want to do a test drive in a ministry, encourage you to sign up for that. Where you say, hey, I'm going to serve. And maybe, I can't start today. Okay, just sign up. And the, Okay, we'll start in a couple weeks. Maybe you say, I'm unsure where I'd like to serve, but I want to get involved. Or maybe uh, you say, hey, I'm not a religious. First impression team, great. Can you smile? You can be a greeter. If you don't smile, please don't be a greeter. You'll scare people away. Uh, the, uh, uh, the Connect Center, the food team, the coffee team. These are like the Levites of the Old Testament with an aroma pleasing to the Lord. So the, uh, that's a little Bible humor. So kids and student team making an impact generationally. Music team. Now, that's a team I'll never be on. A growth group leader. Maybe you were a growth group leader before, and you, you say, okay, in this season, and we train and we equip you. Tech, administrative support, facilities team, security team. We want this to be a very safe place for you and your kids. Care team. I'm going to encourage you to say, hey, you know, put your name and maybe your uh, email or something like that and say, you know what, I'm willing, I'm willing to take that step. And if it's not the right team, find another one. But I truly believe that not only, it, God will use it in the church, but God will use it in your life as well. And if you're waiting for, to be perfect to serve, it's never going to happen. And often God uses our, our, our failures and our frailties even more than our gifts. It comes to number five, personally invest. It's been said that your uh, life is a gift from God. What you do with it is a gift to others. How is that expressed? Always in relationship with other people. The Apostle Paul, I, I love how he ends it with this. 1 Thessalonians 2, 7 through 8. He says, We loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very lives as well. So, so as, as I was going through this and preparing, I honestly didn't know what I was going to speak on. 
And I thought, okay, I know this is going to be a challenge for some. It's going to be an encouragement for others. But God does something where we say, God, I'm going to, because of what you've done for me, I'm going to live from a place of your love. And, and maybe I got out of the habit, but I'm going to find a place this season to make a difference. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.